0: Hello and welcome to Freeball, the volleyball podcast. My name is Louis Lett and it's an exciting time for beach volleyball and volleyball. The VNL is happening indoors, but we are all about beach volleyball at the moment. All eyes on Hamburg with the World Championships under a month away in Hamburg. The Red Bull majors are covering it and it's going to be incredible. So for the next month or so, we are all out beach volleyball. Sorry, indoor volleyball lovers, but we are focusing on the sand. And what better way to start off all eyes on hamburg and bringing one of the biggest instagram sensations of our sport onto the show bounce beach is going off uh, i've been following bounce beach for a while and i see that it's going up like a thousand followers a week um having all the big names commenting on it and you're just putting in the work so welcome bounce beach would you like to introduce yourself yeah, yeah
1: great to be on um... I'm Parker Conley, I run Bounce Beach, um, a highlight page on Instagram, um, like you were talking about, getting a lot of followers recently. I've been covering all the World Tour stuff. I'm planning to cover New York this weekend for AVP, um, and just getting highlights out for Beach Volleyball.
0: Just wanting to grow the game? I'm an aspiring player myself. Exactly, that's the goal. Growing the game, yeah. Yeah, me Me too. That. That's awesome. What was the idea behind it? Um. So... I'm an aspiring professional
1: player myself in beach. Um, so I watched a lot of film originally. I'm from Arizona. Um, I play in Arizona. So there's not a huge beach volleyball scene, let alone a boys' beach volleyball scene. Um, it's more of a girls' sport with NCAA and everything right now. Um, so I started the page. I already watched a lot of film because um, I want to go somewhere in the sport. Um, so I thought it would be easy for me to... Um, do a highlight page. It was kind of there's um, like a free market for beach volleyball highlights on Instagram. Um, uh, so I started something like um, if if you follow the NBA at all or other sports, there are House of Highlights Overtime, which are little highlight pages, which will get the highlights from you know current games and stuff. So I want to do the same thing for beach volleyball.
0: And it's gone because
1: there wasn't anything at the time.
0: It's gone quick, buddy. Yeah, it's gone very well.
1: Um, Yeah, it's exceeding my expectations. My goal was just to get a name out for myself as well as grow the sport. Um, And it's doing that, it's um, with flying colors. I'm really enjoying it right now.
0: And it's led you to work with Kerry Walsh Jennings, it's led you to work with Phil Dalhauser, is that right?
1: Yes, um, I'm working for P1440 as a video editor there. Um, Casey Jennings, uh, Kerry Kerry Walsh's husband reached out for me and they're all um, very welcoming, a great, group of people to be a part of, um, P1440, um, and I'm also helping Phil and Nick um, doing highlights of their current matches um, for them to post on their Instagrams.
0: That's cool. Did Phil down, how it, get in touch with you?
1: Um, he did. Uh, he saw some of my highlights and he asked if I would do some of his you know, match highlights.
0: That must be pretty cool.
1: To keep the fans engaged. yeah.
0: That's awesome. The 2008 gold medalist, best best of all time for many people. Just getting in touch and being like, hey bud, can you help me out? Right. Yeah, He's best. an awesome guy. Yeah, he is an awesome He's guy. Great I to have... get in touch with him. Yeah, he is an awesome guy. And, and I think a lot of people say that as well. Um, cool. Have you been following Ostrava?
1: Um, yeah, I've been following Ostrava. I know you were there the past week. Um, it was a great tournament. I was, yeah, The scenery especially was very cool.
0: Yeah it was very it was a great sure you're gonna test. Yeah it was a great setting mate like I've never been to anywhere like that so uh just so industrial but a great setting as well for beach volleyball um the event was crazy good the the crowd the games as well like the the men's especially and the the women's the bronze I really enjoyed and the women's final was really good as well but the the men's final was exciting I got pretty amped about it I was getting pretty excited I think <laughs> so it was, it was fun yeah.
1: Um uh, it was awesome to see a Czech team go so far. like uh, crowd was really engaged the whole time, the semis and finals.
0: Yeah, it was it was really, they played really well, huh? Big big guy going off Anders' hands early on. The the yeah, they really H- did, yeah. working Anders And Anders
1: kinda of took over blocking but
0: um, mm. yeah, It's was, hard
1: <laughs> it's hard with him at the
0: net. Yeah, I spoke to him afterwards and he was just like yeah, they just went off my hands for the whole first set and I really struggled and they had to change something, it really put the put fear up them. So yeah, it was it was interesting to see and it shows how open it is again, right? The men's and the women's and Brazil Brazil. Um back in Agatha and Duda. That's their first win since Hamburg in um twenty eighteen, so last year, so it's almost a year without a win for them. So yeah, it was a really good um really good tournament to be a part of. And I've seen your yeah, highlights, so so please go on Bounce Beach if you haven't seen those highlights from Last week, like outbound beach, like you, you're getting, you, you're getting them up there.
1: Instagram,
0: yeah, Facebook, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure, for sure. That's that's really awesome. Have you seen the world champs? Wow, the pools.
1: So world champs, yeah. At the end of June.
0: Yeah, let's talk. Um, yeah, let let's talk that. Like, I, I want to talk through your opinion of the of the groups.
1: Um. Okay. Yeah. The groups drawn recently. Um, I would say. There are a couple of tough groups at St. And Sorum, um with Pedro and Vitor's a tough pool, as well as Walking Horse, the Germans. Um, pool A is one of the tougher pools.
0: And Cuba. Cuba keeps Cuba, yeah, Cuba, Cuba bouncing.
1: All around is a very stacked pool. Mm. Um, I mean, it's going to be a big tournament. They're going back to the old pool play format, aren't they? Yep. Um, where it's round robin?
0: Yep. Yep, Rather so everyone plays everyone two instead matches. of the. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. back to our old pool play. So everyone will play everybody and then uh, the winners will go through to the next round. Crazy, like Nikolai Lupo are down to play. They haven't played this seat well since Doha, I don't think, because of injury. And they have uh, Andre and George, so that'll be tough for them. Uh, Qatar, who are up and down, sometimes meddling, sometimes the 25th. Um, they have Perisic and Schweiner from the Czech Republic and Belgium, so they're on hot form, so even the third team in that pool have made a final um, at a four-star this year, so that's pretty pretty impressive, There's um, yeah, some good yeah, teams, so who's, your, um, who's your tip to win it?
1: I mean, you can't not pick Norway, but it, I, I want to see how the Italians do their first tournament back, um, their team that's really good, um, they've been out for a while, um, well, it'll be exciting to see how Taylor and Jake do. Um, they've been off for, I think, the past two or three tournaments, and they're finally coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in a pool with Cantor and Loziak, uh, which they have taken the past few tournaments off. and They're still taking worse off um, due to injury. Um, so that'll be a, those two teams will be, a, three teams, will be interesting their first tournament back.
0: Um, that would be crazy Yeah, It will be, be super crazy um, This week's guest As our listeners will have known already uh, Bounce Beach You're hosting with us For the next couple of episodes We're going to hear more about you At the start of every episode That we uh, produce on the build up To um, all eyes on Hamburg Our guest this week Is Sam Pedlow The Canadian blocker um, Who played the Commonwealth Games He's looking to qualify for his first Olympics and they're actually fourth in the Olympic qualification at the moment. They're having a pretty good season. And it's a really strong interview. Do you know much about Sam Bounce?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, he's the he's one of the best uh, Canadian teams alongside Gorman and Saxton, who are also competing for the Olympics, right?
0: Yep, 100%. Um,
1: it, it, yeah, it's great to hear from him. Um, it's great to have him on the show.
0: Yeah, it's great to have him on the show. And I haven't, uh, I've seen him a couple of times, but when we were in L.A., yeah, he was always... Uh, yeah, he would, We were always training with him So it's, it's good to see him And uh, he is our guest this week All eyes on Hamburg, hashtag And um, yeah, Sam Pedlo is getting us underway With his big Instagram following as well We talk all about that So yeah, it's, it's a good one Listen in Hey, let's make sure Sam Pedler. Welcome to Freeball, the volleyball podcast Long time they see, mate I've been on tour But I haven't seen your face the last couple of weeks Yeah, I think we've... Uh had some short interactions but not like the
2: good old days down in hermosa where uh you know we were to- we were together for uh weeks at
0: a time weeks at a time yeah going for the uh, watching your tournament together drinking the old philly steak uh, sorry eating the old philly steak sandwich yeah mike's doesn't exist anymore but uh yeah. definitely a-, a louis and sam uh, post-practice hermosa staple yeah for sure and uh the brothers is still there right yes of course we always have to plug brothers burritos on any podcast going because it's the best thing I know um how are you mate what's, what's been going on yeah Bit. great I mean uh so far so good it's been I mean I guess a relatively
2: slow start to 2019 with respect to the number of tournaments um having a couple cancelled and us not playing the Hague but last few weeks have been busy and we're taking a quick rest period before we gear up for world championships but you know on the volleyball front uh everything's going uh, as planned and and off the court uh, i definitely have no complaints just enjoying my time
0: at home training hard and uh enjoying myself off the sand as well good that's important three contin- continents in three weeks is nuts
2: yeah i think the uh The schedule is getting more and more interesting every year. And something I'm coming to the realization is that, uh, the FIVB doesn't really care how many aeroplane miles we accumulate, um, or the distance between tournaments. I mean, to go from Brazil, uh, to China and then over to Europe, that's, uh, that's a difficult leg. And, um, at a time where I think our sport is in, uh, let's call it a unique situation with respect to viewership and uh, let's call it uh, financial gainability. It makes it challenging for the product that the FIVB is trying to put on when, when we have to make these travels. So, I mean, I'm happy to be playing in all three of them and uh, in the main draw of all three of them, but that's tough for teams who are playing country quota or qualification, especially when you've got teams like the Brazilians who could be coming out of country quota winning the tournament
0: and then having to play Country Quota on the Tuesday the following week. So Yeah, well, that happened to Kerry Walsh and Brooke Sweat last week, right? They won in China on the Sunday. They didn't stay for the yep. presentation and they had to fly and play Country Quota and they still made Final Four in Nostrava.
1: Yeah,
2: and Andre George, right? They meddled in, yep. uh, in, Brazil, in China and um, they had to play qualification on... Uh, <laughs> On Wednesday, so it's uh, it's definitely a challenging
1: situation for for those teams. And as much as we like to think that maybe they can organize the schedule in a more logical way, it it just doesn't seem like that's uh, that's a high priority
2: these days.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess it's uh, one of those things I'm going to have to review and hopefully build on um, in the future. Like the FIVB tour of old, it used to go sort of it would have gone Sharmen, Jingjiang. And Fuzhou, something like that, and then everybody would have flown out of Asia, and it would have been a compact thing. But it's just, just changed a bit. Well, yeah, that's definitely what it was in the past. You were in China for almost a month at the start of the season, but that's when the season started in April. And you know, now we're playing tournaments January first. So yeah, it's it's a crazy, crazy long season with with (laughs) with uh, like October, Las Vegas, just going into the late late sort of October. What was your decision making? Behind not playing the Hague, but playing all three back to back now, was it because you thought Fort Lauderdale was a thing? Yeah, so I think a lot of people expected right off the bat to be
2: playing in Fort Lauderdale. So for us, we we had a good uh, end to the season. You know, we have our Norsika Championships uh, at the start of October, and we actually flew straight from the Dominican Republic to uh, Yangtze to play the four star, where we ended up getting a fourth as well. Um, and to get from the Caribbean to China is is probably harder than anywhere in the world to get to China from because uh, flights there are pretty infrequent. It's, it's mostly a tourist destination, so it's operating on that schedule, not necessarily on on a business-type schedule. So we actually landed in China, had one practice, played that tournament, and then ended up with a fourth Um let's call it luck. luckily uh, i didn't know what day it was what time zone we were in uh, it was a, it was a bit of a challenge you know finishing that and, and looking at our off season and and preparing sam and i are one of those teams that we're playing usually more tournaments than than anybody else out there um so we were a little bit banged up at the end of the season we we're getting some work done and and we just didn't feel like we were going to be ready for the Hague. it might have been a bit of a rush. Decided to take that one off and and just, you know, fully invest in in the five star, which was Fort Lauderdale. And unfortunately, that got canceled because of uh, some promoter issues, you know, and that made our first event after that being Doha, which was, you know, a little bit down the road. So, you know, with Fort Lauderdale being canceled, us missing the Hague and then probably having to take a tournament off further down the road. It it just became a situation where we were probably going to have to play these three. We always knew we were probably going to play Brazil and China. Both of them are probably going to be a little bit watered down because the Europeans typically don't like to come over to Brazil and then have to go back somewhere else because it's a double time change for them. For us, it's a single. We just got to shoot straight down, same time zone, just an eight hour flight. So playing both of those wasn't necessarily the hard part. I think the hard part was finishing in China and then shooting over to, to Europe. That's kind of where you're going through that third time change. So. I would say sleep schedule once we got to ostrava was was a little bit messy but at that point most teams were in the same boat and um it just becomes uh, i think a mental battle at that point physically no one's probably operating at 100 percent, but i think those that are staying mentally sharp and and reducing their unforced errors those are the ones who are going to have a pretty good tournament and we were uh you know i would say content with coming away with two nights in that series um
0: but I think we would have been happy if we were able to sprinkle in a fifth. So you're not far away, though, right? Like you, you got pretty close to the Vikings. Like for for large percentages of that game in Ostrava, you yep. were you were in front, right, with them. What's the uh, what would you say is the things going well and the things that you're working on to get better for the world champs, or or just for general yeah. improvements? I would
2: say um, the best teams in the world right now aren't making mistakes and. You know, that's sometimes tough for us to to look at and evaluate as a team because we're not making many mistakes. But there are some teams that are making almost no mistakes. And um, the Vikings are one of those teams. I think they're making less less errors, less unforced errors than any team in the world. And when they're in a situation where they can't score, they're, they're putting teams in trouble. Um, and, you know, Andy's block coupled with Christian's defensive um let's call it defensive IQ, because I think he has a very good read for the game. Um, They're they're stealing a lot of points at the same time. So I think that's why we're seeing teams get blown out by them. Um, And then the teams that that are staying competitive, they're they're just siding out at that ridiculously high percentage. You know, we lost the first set 24-22. And the only two errors I think we made were... You know, at twenty twenty and twenty one twenty, we made two errors and lost the set. So, um, as much as I want to say we're we're looking to be more efficient on side out, um, it's a little bit tough to say because we are siding out at such a high level. But everyone's searching for that one percent. You know, if you can reduce that error percentage by one ball per set, it, it's making the difference at the top end right now. And mm-hmm. I think that goes for a lot of teams. You know, I think Brill and Fialik have had uh, a great start to the season. And I think, you know, the majority of teams are serving Fifi and he's one of those guys who, again, just doesn't make mistakes and couple that with a few defensive steals and blocks, then you're going to do well in tournaments. If you can repeat that performance match after match. So Mm -hmm. I would say the second thing we're working on is just consistency, you know, game to game, making sure we're bringing the same level, um, for every ball uh every set and then and then every match and it's there i think we've demonstrated um,
0: our ability to be competitive against those teams and beat those teams who are winning tournaments um we just uh we just haven't quite stood on that podium yet together as a pair yeah and you've, you've had a pretty rough ride as well right you've had some tough draws coming in that never makes it that never makes it easy but you're also not far away from being that team as well right like and you're playing the game at it's a fucking I'm sorry bad language but it's a fucking tough level at the minute yeah like they so I open the, the men's draws
2: um i think deeper than it's ever been i think if you look at the top 24 and then you take the top eight in the qualifier um you're in a situation where anyone can can break into that i would say quarterfinals maybe not win the tournament but i think there's all 32 of those teams can. It's tough to predict who's going to be in that quarterfinal, and um, yeah, I, I I don't want to invest too heavily in, in bad draws, good draws, but at the same time, we've got some bad draws. We've uh, we've drawn the Vikings twice um, to go to the quarterfinals, and you know that they're on a hot streak, and we drew Phil and Nick. Uh, to go to the quarterfinals as well and then we drew Cantor Loziak and uh, you know, all of those teams statistically in the last three years since the Olympics at one point have been number one in the world um, so although we've drawn them and, and lost to them I think we've, um, we've measured up against them and I think those experiences will serve us well as we uh, move into world championships and through the remainder of the Olympic qualification period
0: Yeah, You feel like to get to the Olympics you're going to have to get more fifths uh, fifths and top fours?
2: I think it's going to be super interesting. I think we're seeing a start to the season unlike anything we've seen in the last, at least since I've been playing on tour. We have had a a few teams who've been consistent um, with meddling, you know, Fialik and Brill, um, herrera Guevara and uh, Norway. Other than that, there's teams who are taking 25ths and there's teams who's taking fifths, right? Uh, look at Qatar, for example. They've, they've medaled twice and then then they pull a 17th. Braumusen, for, for example, are also, I don't think they're happy with the results that they're getting. So by us just continuing banking ninths, we've been able to, you know, I think we're fourth in the Olympic ranking yeah, yeah. Uh, today. And um, that's great. But will continually banking ninths be enough to get us into the Olympics? Time will only tell. Um, I mean, we're not trying to rely on only nights. Is, is what I'm getting at. We, we want to sprinkle those fifths in. We want to sprinkle a medal or two in there. We want to be on the podium every week. Um, but at the end of the day, I think consistency is king for us. If we can continue to stay on the path that we're on, um, I'm I'm optimistic that uh, that we'll be there.
0: I, I think so too. And I think watching it against the Vikings, I was like, these boys are bringing it and they're playing at super good levels so it's going to be super close. Talking about consistency, I'm totally unrelated. Herregavira stat, I read today doing some uh, research that uh, they've only not got a top 10 place five times in the last 45 events. It's crazy. <laughs>
2: that's, um, that's
0: a crazy stat.
2: Yeah, and it, I think something that's even crazier was Phil and Nick took 25th in Cheyman Yeah go back and look at how many times Phil and Nick has finished lower than 17. Yeah. It's
0: happen.
2: it's something like 5
0: times in his career he's yeah. got less than 17. It's
2: it's um there's just guys out there who have been performing at such a high level for so long and you know a guy like Phil who's been able to just consistently produce results and then a guy like Pablo especially um, to be able to do it for so long and somehow seem to only continue to get better um, blows my mind I mean there's there's some teams that are serving him but I, I think a lot of people are serving Adrian and and he's doing a great job of kind of um, bringing some energy to that team but I, I'm just amazed by the uh, the Spanish Superman he just uh, seems to never quit
0: and he seems to have a uh, yeah he seems to have actually made big improvements over the off season as well. Like he's doing a couple yeah. of things. I've seen him do a couple of things. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't see that last season. Like, it's cool. I
2: think the game is evolving in a way that's forcing players to get outside of their comfort zone. Um, it's a different game than it was even five years ago. Um, and I think some of that has to do with the physicality of some of the players and because players are getting bigger, faster, and stronger, we're having to do some different things to score. You know, some guys can't be successful at the percentage they need to just by bump setting and attacking. Right? They need to do something special. So, it's um, it's been an interesting transformation on the beach, um, and I think that transformation's also been reflected in indoor as well. Those guys are doing
0: some some things that I don't think anyone thought of ten years ago. But the the game's getting. From my perspective, the game's getting more two balls. Like the work for the blocker is getting tougher. Your, your your attention has to be like for someone like yourself has to be on point because it's coming from multiple different angles. Um, yeah. Some wider plays. One hundred percent agree. Things like um, misdirection
1: are, are you know something that every team needs to be aware of. You know, and
2: I think this year more than ever we're seeing guys. Um, take advantage of the statistics you know certain guys when they serve if you hit a two ball you're going to score at a higher percentage than if you set your partner so it's everyone is 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 hitting two balls on an easy opportunity lots of guys are running wide plays the australians are are jump setting again the polish guys sometimes go from a set that's to the moon to a set that barely clears the antenna um you know the Norwegian guys uh, are, are bringing out some, some interesting plays. You know, then sprinkle in Adrian, who, who yeah. nobody really knows what he's doing right now.
0: I was gonna say that. To how forward. how do you program yourself against somebody who's like a Carimbuła, for example, or Loziak, who's maybe showing showing that one and coming in or going like so many different variations of scoring points?
2: Yeah, I think um, one, it's amazing. There's a lot of confusion going on with, you know, how to play a player like that. And I think at the end of the day, beach volleyball is a fairly simple game and in the premise that if you focus on your side out and you side out at a high level, it does not matter what the other team does. Like, it's gonna be 19-19, right? Mm -hmm. And you gotta understand that at some point, that guy across from you is gonna make a mistake. You just have to be ready to jump on that mistake. And should you do that, you're going to win the game 21-19. Um, so I think it's easy to get caught up in the, uh, the, the speed or the, the misdirection or, or the flair of the other team um, and lose focus on yourself and your own side out and, and what you do well on defense. Um, they're trying to get you out of sorts with what they're doing. And, and if you don't allow them to do that, um, and you don't get frustrated with them, you know, doing weird reverse pokies or, or, or fast sets, you'll get a block. You know, I could throw you out there, and if I told you to not get confused by it, I bet you're gonna get
0: a positive touch in 21 tries. Um, you do, you now, do know that you do know that I'm 1 meter 67, yeah. You remember, you remember well, that i was good i was gonna say you might get a positive
2: touch but i don't think you're gonna side out of the level you needed to to win the game
0: I'll just, I'll just i'll just i'll just break on i'll break on the soft one all day and see if i can make a deal yeah, exactly
2: you know in in 21 unless you're you know adrian a king of the court some you're gonna get one and um that's that's really the key is to is to not um to not break not break from what you're good at and try and uh and try and play the other player uh, outside of your your skill set. You know, you don't ever want to put your weakness against their strength. You want to play your strength against against their strength or their weakness. So um,
1: just, you know, Ryan Doherty's not going to all of a sudden
2: you know be Pablo at the net, right? He's he's always going to be Ryan Doherty. Um, but he's going to get a block on, on one of those crazy plays if he just yeah. is himself. Yeah. He's not going to be successful if he starts trying to do things that you know, a seven-footer shouldn't be doing. So I think it's just key to... Um, not yeah. get uh, distracted by all the noise.
0: He's not gonna start like running crazy tempos left, right and center and running from one sideline to the other sideline to spike the ball and, and work off the body something crazy from facing some ridiculous angle in his arm. Like, yeah, it.
2: even or even his defensive um, like orientation, you know, rather than him running crazy plays, think about if if say the Polish guy goes super wide ryan's not the type of guy who's going to use like a
1: middle's footwork to get out wide swing block and try to block him. right he's going to take
2: two steps over and he's going to block big cross that's all he's going to do right so by doing that wide play the polish are maybe hoping that he's going to do something stupid and they'll just rock it off his hands and score but if they in fact if ryan were to just we keep using ryan as an example this just goes with any seven footer but, you know, if they just block big two, then they're probably going to be more successful than if they tried to do something that maybe I would do as a smaller blocker who's hopefully yeah. more agile. I mean,
0: like you you could on those wider plays, you would back yourself. Like I always say to my uh, guys, the ball moves quicker than the feet, right? So if you run it wide enough, I'm always going to be able to tool you. Like if, if yeah, it's quick exactly. enough or wide enough, you, I'm always going to back you running that wide ball and beating you to the line. If I can play quick enough, the battle is, is, is who are you playing against and how does that match up? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, into some personal stuff. How's uh, how's how's married life going, mate?
2: <laughs> so I guess it, it, we're almost coming up on on two years. I mean, my wife and I have been together before we were married. For we got married on our eleventh anniversary, so it, it was uh, we were married long before the actual ceremony. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's great to have a partner who supports you and and everything that you're doing, especially in a profession where you're away from home so often so um it's really just about making your time at home um quality and just you know investing in the relationship and uh and kind of being present i think sometimes it's easy to be distracted with all of the volleyball stuff that's going on and maybe lose focus on you know some of the things that are going on at home and by just staying present to those it it makes when we're home really special and um yeah, I love it. We have a couple weeks at home right now before we head to World Championships, which was a nice little surprise. So it's great to spend some extra time here and, and with her. And uh, I wish I could take her on the road more, but uh, unfortunately it's it's pretty much all business once we get out there. But yeah, it's definitely going well, that's for sure.
1: You can take the Cats on tour, right? I <laughs> really would like to, but
2: I don't think they would fly very well.
0: No. you um, Are you skipping Warsaw?
2: Yeah. So we came home after Ostrava, just, uh, yeah, just feeling the last three weeks on the road after, uh, you know, I think we played those three, we played man we played Doha. So we're five tournaments in now and we're going to go straight through till the end of the year, um, from world champs on the road the whole time. So it was just an opportunity to come back, get some therapy, see our doctors and, um, build the body back up a bit. So we dropped out of Warsaw, uh, before we left, um, Ostrava, so we went actually from Ostrava to Poland, and then while we were in Poland, we just made the decision that it was probably best for us to, to come home
0: um, yeah, so so no Warsaw for us yeah, I was talking to Sam and he, uh, yeah, I think I was talking to Sam in Charmin and he was saying how yep. you how you planned to train with the Polish for the whole week but, yeah, yep. you, you've been that one
2: yeah, and then um, Bartek uh, Losiak he also broke his foot in uh in Itapima, so he's not training right now and they're also dropping out of Warsaw So it would have been us with Brill and Fialik and I believe Qatar was also going to be there but it was just an opportunity to come home and work with our coach and
0: um, Rest the body a little bit before a big push at the end and sell some hats Yeah, for sure. <laughs> get, get rid of some hats. <laughs> I saw that today. I'm uh, I'm gonna invest So yeah, you can buy some hats. I don't know by the time this goes out on Friday. It's already left.
2: So the first version I made, yeah, so I've been I've been trying to do something I don't think a lot of players have done particularly well with, um, you know, off-the-court stuff. I think the fans out there, they're looking for a way to support beach volleyball. And, you know, aside from just giving away our singlets, um, there's not really an opportunity to, to meet the demands of the masses of the fans. You know, when you go to World Championships or – you go to Vienna or Gestad, there are hardcore volleyball fans there, people who live and breathe this sport, and they're looking for a way to support their team, and there just isn't a way to do that right now. I mean, you can buy a Beach Major Series hat, you can buy a jersey and put like Canada on it or, or, or whatever, but it, it really doesn't get down to the, the roots of... The individual you're trying to support like if you were to go i mean you guys are, are football out there but so let's say a hockey game here and you go buy a, a, a hockey jersey you get the player's name on the back right like you get his jersey you like that's your guy um and with beach volleyball we just don't have that so i kind of started with the s times two brand which some other teams are doing as well branding their team and and you know trying to sell some some merchandise and i took it a little bit one step further and kind of created my own stuff and um it's been going really well so i made a run of the first hats and and i sold them all so i'm actually making a different hat um again that i'm going to be bringing to world champs and kind of the second half of the season but it's it's been amazing one you know my my fans are able to pick up a a little piece of San Pedro beach volleyball but at the same time it's really connected me to like a group of people who just love this sport so much um and and thankfully think i am
0: at least an okay volleyball player um it's connected me to these people
2: who i i had no idea that you know like I'm flattered when they say I'm their favorite blocker, or you know, they're asking me questions about how they can do what I do, and you know, it's it's such an interesting perspective because I didn't really realize um, the reach or or the number of people around the world who were kind of like, yeah, that San Pedro guy, he's
0: uh, he, he's he's someone that I would like to be like as a volleyball yeah, yeah. player, so.
2: For me, it's yeah, been a seven. super interesting ride
0: that's really cool um, and I think there is like such a market it's such a players there's such a big pool of people to play that they all have a massive added interest as fans and I just don't yeah. think we uh, Yeah, again like the reason I did this podcast was trying to connect well, volleyball a little bit like a little bit of connection where people can find out a little bit more about people um, I think key to storytelling and i guess now i work in broadcasting storytelling is a is a big part of my my, what i do Um, yeah and i think that that's
2: what's super interesting is it's it's that concept of of storytelling or, or getting to know someone you know um we live in such an interesting age where literally like you can direct message anyone in the world like if you want a famous not famous like if i don't if if there's a player on tour and i don't have their contact information i can just find them on instagram and, and send them a message but when you look at it from a fan perspective you know they they see you in the court you know they take a video of you playing um and they tag you in it and then all of a sudden now you have an interaction it's like an icebreaker um and i've tried to go out of my way to respond to to every message and every video and repost anything that anyone sends me that they've taken and it's um it's in an effort to just strengthen the community of, of beach volleyball um, and, and it's again it's just created this uh, momentum um, behind our team and and the support we receive is is um, is amazing and I never thought there would be so many people interested in you know our team and and what we're doing and who we're playing and mm-hmm. what the score was, but it's uh,
0: it's awesome. That's really cool. How um do you got over twenty thousand Instagram followers? I I love this because because you, you're one of the busiest guys on Instagram, which I think is a great thing. Um, how much time a day? So what's the what's the investment the on your ground? Also, I'm at i which is small peanuts. I'm oh, Sorry, sorry, to, sorry, sorry, you know, sorry, sorry. Some sorry, <laughs> of the
2: guys and some of the girls out there, yeah. but this is the thing. So I think in major markets, if you look at the US um, and you look at some of Europe, for them, Instagram is incredibly easy because they're on TV. Yeah. Um, guys in the AVP who are on AVP finals, they're on NBC um, at, on Sunday. That's, that's humongous, right? They're being exposed to, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of viewers and um that's big guys who are going to the olympics guys who are in major games it's the same thing television provides them with that platform to be exposed and in canada unfortunately the sport of beach volleyball is is not something that is uh, promoted or receives maybe the exposure it should so two two years ago for me when i first well 2016 when i first paired up with sam i kind of made the decision i said you know what i'm gonna see if I can create an online community through Instagram um, and, and and see what I can do with it, you know. And ultimately, that's where the line of, of clothing and things came out was because I had, I had a large enough fan base that, you know, I figured I could at least help pay for some meals on the road. But um, the key for Instagram is really how can you do what you do as quickly as possible without spending a ton of time on it so at first obviously i spent way too much time on the platform but at this point i i'm incredibly efficient with how i can i can use it and um through scheduling applications and you know hashtag generators and and other things i can i can do what i do in less than 10 minutes a day now that being said on the road when you're in a hotel and you don't necessarily have a ton of stuff going on. Instagram is one of those platforms where the more you invest in it, the more you get out of it. So I'm obviously spending more time when I'm on the road just playing the game of Instagram. But when you're at home or or when you're in competition, it's very easy to streamline it so you can get done what you need to get done in, in
0: about 10 minutes a day. Anything after that's bonus. Okay, that leads really nicely on to my next question. Um, you're a motivational quote man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite motivational quote? What do you What do you whisper in Sam's ear before you go to bed at night? <laughs> if you have. So,
2: at first, I would say a lot of the quotes I was kind of coming up with was um, and by I say coming up with, I don't I don't mean by any means I came up with these. I I was. Uh, looking for personal inspiration on the internet, I read a lot, and um, then it started to become I was using Instagram as a platform to reflect on some of the things that I'd, I'd read in books. Um, but my favorite quote uh, uh, of all time is by my favorite athlete of all time, which p- many people might not know, uh, Steve Prefontaine. He was actually a middle-distance NCAA runner um, and he competed in the Olympics and then ultimately died um, in a car accident before he was able to compete at his Mm -hmm. second Olympics he got fourth but um, it's to give anything less than a hundred percent or to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift and the concept behind that was for Steve Prefontaine he was a runner who only ran at the front of the pack he never ran in a drafting position because he believed by running in that position, you actually weren't giving your best. So he was in fact a very gifted runner, but he did not run very smartly. He
0: just tried Mm -hmm. to give his best effort every single time he went out there. He was just fit Um, on the floor, fifth, fifth gear, just, (laughs) just giving her. So for me, I think
2: that that's, um, something that holds true to the way that i want to perform every day i want to give my best and at the end of the day win or lose if i've given my best i know that i've kind of done service to myself um and i can i can be content with uh
0: whatever happened i like that what advice would you give or what quote would you give to a four-year-old starting school for the first time uh, be yourself be yourself
2: because everyone else (laughs) is taken
0: (laughs) uh, that's what we're looking for Four's tough you know that's
2: a pretty simple quote for a four-year-old so i let's say they're they're 10 because at 10 they probably get some abstract things but i think that that's um you know maybe at that point it would say like win or lose what did you learn because I think that's something people don't maybe realize at our level it's you know we lose probably more than we win you know unless you're Norway um, you definitely win more than you lose but for most of the guys out there we're finishing the weekend more often than not off the podium and um, you need to use the experiences you're going through in beach volleyball in order to learn not only about the sport you know but about yourself and i think that that's my biggest transformation that i've gone through over the years is that everything was about volleyball 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 and although i'm still so incredibly focused on the sport of beach volleyball what is super fulfilling for me is what the sport has taught me about myself um and then using those lessons to be better in
0: my relationship um better um are you comparing your wife better. to sam sorry are you just comparing your wife to sam <laughs> um, <laughs> when i said not... better in my relationship i meant with my wife but i
2: also <laughs> believe that holds true um with your partner For sure. and, you know we play this beautiful game and to not appreciate the lessons it teaches us is definitely a, a disservice and i think that can be applied to Anything anyone does in life, whether it be their job or their, or their hobbies, it's always teaching us something that we can
0: use. For sure. What advice would you give to a man who's been told by his girlfriend that he has to clean the whole house? Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> I think that's a great quote. Good enough. Um, and what would you give to a shy guy who's really shy at chatting to chicks? What would be the Sam Pedro Motivational quote for that. Oh, this one's tough. I've been with my wife since I was 18. <laughs> um, I didn't really have to go through the whole, uh, you know, yeah. going to the bar and, and trying to find a lady. Um, don't force anything. Just, again, I, if you understand who you are and, and you're able to be yourself, um, things will work out. You'll find the right person. hey get good advice I thought after all those motiv- Rel-
2: relationship
0: advice Yeah, advice I, I, I thought after reading all those motivational things on your story for the last few years that I, I may as well see, see what he's got it was good <laughs> it was very good I, I saw you writing them down so yeah. I'm going to use them for later <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure Yeah, I, I screenshot it alone as well but I didn't go and get them um, <laughs> let's let's quickly talk um, like the dreams for you Olympics like would be your first one so it's hu- it's a huge thing for you or world champs, or performances, or world tour. What what would be your main dream?
2: Yeah, so I think um, obviously the dream is always to. I think for a lot of us is to medal at the Olympics or medal at w- or win world championships. I think the Olympics is such a unique tournament. We've built it up in our minds to be, you know, the be all end all of competitions when arguably world championships is is a significantly harder tournament to win um so it's it's
1: interesting that we put it on this this pedestal and i obviously want to win it no question um just as much as i want to win world championships um but i think this kind of comes back to the
2: concept of what we were just talking about you know my my dream or, or, or what I want to get out of volleyball is, you know, is at the end of it to be able to, um,
1: be satisfied isn't necessarily the right way to put it,
2: but, you know, I want to be, um, I want to be better. I want as, as not only, um, I want to be the best I could have been as an athlete, but also better as a person because of my athletic experiences you know i don't want to go to the olympics and have hated the entire process to get there that to me wouldn't be you know achieving my dream i want to get to the olympics and and win the olympics by learning more about myself and and the sport and about sam than i ever thought possible yeah. so I think that helps keep it in perspective in the day-to-day operations of a beach volleyball player you know every day i'm going out there looking for you know these 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 simple lessons or the or these simple learnings and and that's creating you know small victories
0: along the way so i I, I want to win the olympics but i want to learn a lot Mm -hmm. on the way yeah and i think that's where i think we're actually quite lucky in this sport that you're within reason in control of your own destiny like you think playing for an indoor an indoor team uh, where somebody else is, is making that cut for you, um, within mm-hmm. that, like the coach or the performance director, like that journey maybe isn't quite as, um, yeah, as controllable or fun or the learning because you're always looking for the, the person next to you before you even beat the person on the other side of the net? Yeah,
2: and I think the, the structure that is indoor volleyball um, is more yeah facilitated in the sense that a lot there you
1: you could be a very successful indoor player by never really having to reflect about yourself because your coach is kind of telling you Mm -hmm. what to do
2: um it's 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 a little bit different we're we're more independent and and we need to um look at ourselves maybe in a different way i'm not saying that in indoor volleyball they don't do that i just believe that the way the two sports are fundamentally set up um allows for for differences in that process of, yeah, of for learning
0: sure. for sure i i agree completely let's um let's talk world champs yeah she met in gerson and uh yeah zavala Lamel. chili too, chili too. Yeah, chili too. So how are you feeling
2: good i mean I think we were where we wanted to be based on the finish of last season and the start of this season. We kind of wanted to be in that, you know, the, the 12 to 24 grouping. Um, we didn't want to be lower than that. Um, it's almost the same as being in, um, Sorry, we were uh, yeah. So we were 17. So the first 12 are going to get the number one in the pool. Mm-hmm. We knew we'd be just outside of that. And even if we if we did push into that, based on the shuffle, we probably would have the same team. So it didn't matter. We weren't going to get into that top six. So we were kind of right where we wanted to be. And then obviously we drew uh, Sasha and Giannis as the the number one team in the pool. And I think we're two and two with them over the course of our partnership. Um, so we're actually coming off a 2-1 win um, after a 2-1 loss in mm-hmm. Cheymen. So they're definitely a team that can ball, but I think we match up well with them in the sense that um,
1: we're, we're similar styles of play. Both blockers are, well, really there's three blockers, are all kind of, i
2: say, medium-sized. Um, with a large defender, and uh, we, you know, we feel good after that win in in Ostrava. I don't think they played um, the best they they have in the past, but I also think they're having a little bit of a difficult start to the 2019 season after a, what was kind of a really successful 2018 campaign. Mm-hmm. So, I think they'll bring a different game to the first first match of world champs versus us but at the same time I'm also feeling very well with the way that Sam and I are playing you know yeah, right really.
0: now there's a couple of groups that just like make me feel a bit queasy one of them's the Norway, Norwegian group so Simon Mole, Pedro Victor Felipe who are still obviously growing after just joining up together yep. Volkenhorst and Vinter at home like volkenhorst will fire up for sure yeah um and in Cuba, man, I love Cuba. Yeah, so Cuba's a different
2: pairing this time. It's uh, Sergio Gonzalez, and yep. he's playing with Reyes now, I believe, right? So Reyes was actually blocking for Sergio's old partner, Corral.
1: Um, so this guy's big. He's he's at least the same
2: size as Sergio, um, and he he hits. He tries to break the ball. Like, you know, we know Vitor hits the ball hard, but, um, this guy, you know, he's trying to put a hole in the sand. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of teams aren't going to be ready for the firepower that that team necessarily brings. Um, because, you know, people remember Nivaldo, Sergio's former partner, but, um, my understanding is that he's he's no longer around and playing so i'm really interested to see how this cuban cuban team uh, performs and yeah that definitely is a little bit of a power group because you know normally you're hoping you're going to get a continental team in your in your pool you know if you look at the continental teams coming out of the norseco which was where cuba came out of we have ben and grant um, Saxon O'Gorman from Canada also coming out of that Cuba USA and I'm not even uh, Mexico so if you look at Norseca, in the previous years we had a team like Guatemala or I think it was Guatemala last time that came out of the Norseca. so this this round of teams coming out of that are significantly stronger Mm -hmm. so to have Mexico as your four, or Cuba as your four, or ben and Grant as your four, or Slick and Allen as your four—that's a—that's a tough way to finish the pool, because yeah. you could have had Africa, any one of the four African countries, or or the back end of
0: the Asian co- um, continental qualifiers as well. So we'll say, "Got I mean, last Flugin was a four. Right, he can play Very Yeah,
2: good. and I think <laughs> they've just had some missed opportunities this year um, in the qualifier because Ehlers, those, I don't know where they're finding these German blockers who are you know, when I say I'm medium there's big and then there's monsters and um, the German guys are finding monsters and it's it's just making the game completely different than it has been in the past when you've got a guy who's like 6'9 or 6'10 who moves well and Especially coming from a program like Germany, who's saying like this is what you do in this situation to be successful. Do not think this is what you do. You're six foot nine. This is your job, and then we're gonna find a guy who can run around behind you. Um, you know, I think Tolle Wickler is a great example. Tolle is a great player. He's he's huge. He's a monster, and and he's doing what he does very well. And he's letting Wickler around him be Wickler. So. That's a you know Eler Flugen is a team that I definitely wouldn't take lightly
0: either. Yeah. I was watching talking about that. I was watching um, on the side courts in Ostrava, Evandro and Stojanovsky play against each other. Um, yeah, it was, it dis- it yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty o- it was gross. Yeah, it was it was. Olek he is an amazingly unique player. He's. Mm. He's a monster for sure. He's a big boy, but he's also maybe one of the most coordinated mm-hmm. big
2: men out there. Avandro um, also humongous. He he crushes balls and he serves incredibly well. But I, I wouldn't put him in the same blocking category as as Oleg Sizovski nice. at all. But I think Oleg is is a he gets a lot of touches and a lot of stuffs. And Avandro for the size that he is, I just don't think he can converts at the same rate as someone like uh, Stoowski
0: or Andy um, from Norway so St- those guys steps, going at it from
2: the back line are uh, they're serving the ball hard
0: even like Stoinowski when he does get a touch and he's getting the ball back like the speed he gets around the ball like his, his last two steps to turn and hitting and keeping his height like when he's coming from transition setting into spiking is is nuts. him and
2: krasilnikov are a pretty nasty team that's for sure
0: Dynamic um okay to finish to finish up um your best career moment yeah so
2: uh i think there's kind of maybe a couple so i mean let's we'll, we'll play off the stoyanovsky um 2016 in um, the last chance olympic qualification tournament we actually lost to cuba in the final um, in continental cup that's how sergio and nivaldo got to the olympics so we had to go with pinstock schachter to sochi to play in the last chance olympic qualifier in order to see if we get canada that second berth to the olympics grant and i were the third team so In this situation we became the second team in the competition for canada i don't think really people had very uh high expectations for our performance we just needed to be competitive so that hopefully the one team would would continue to win their matches and and then win golden sets and i think that lack of pressure just allowed grant and i to um really play probably the best volleyball we ever played as a partnership and um, there was two opportunities where we needed to go to Golden Sets, so um, Grant and I actually played Stoyanovsky and his old partner um, Yuzurtskin um, Beat them and then Sam and Josh lost to barsuk who were playing at the time and then we had to play a Golden Set we were nominated for the Golden Set and um, Russia actually nominated Stoyanovsky again and The one set to 15, is that's such an interesting concept. Warm up, go play to 15, winner advances, loser goes home. And uh, in this case, Grant and I won that game. And, uh, yeah, we won it with a 9-1 side change in the third set, or in a set to 15. So um, it was incredible. I've never blocked so many balls in my life. And um, it was just really a career-defining match for me because it really instilled the confidence in myself that um, the next level was so attainable um, for myself with the right mindset. Mm -hmm. And to be able to go out and and win that as the second team being nominated in the Golden Set was, was just such a great motivator for me. Then we moved to the final, and the winner of this game gets a spot to the Olympics. Grant and I win the first game versus Venezuela. One, Sam and Josh, which should be, a, a, on paper, should be a walkover. 2-0 win. We we fight it out to go to the Olympics. They end up losing in the third set. So now there's another golden set. And, you know, at this point, thinking, okay, whoever wins the golden set, their federation gets a spot. Grant and I are thinking, okay, well, Josh and Sam are going to play. Well, no, we got nominated again to play venezuela we go out and do our thing win that match again and and now we've kind of secured a berth for for canada at the olympics again so i just think that match against russia just provided me with the perspective um and the confidence to be able to go out there and do it again and, and then win that spot ultimately we were unsuccessful in the match against josh and sam to go to the olympics but i think that whole
0: experience um how did that feel like because you you had to go and play them I watched that game as well which was it was mental uh, yeah, and then you, you the had to play them to, that game yeah I like because everybody knew the backstory right like everybody knew yeah. knew what happened yeah. that, that you secured that birth and then you had to play off to, to actually get your spot Um, and obviously like, yeah knowing I've seen, seen Josh for a long time but knowing so, all three of you out of all four of yours it was added interest yeah so I think Again, Grant and I played so
2: incredibly well in that game. And I think losing that game was probably the hardest thing that I've had to go through in volleyball. Um, well, I actually bawled my eyes out after that. I, you know, I came that close to being able to go to the Olympics after really not even being considered by the Federation or really anyone in the world to be able to go. And then to lose 15-12 in the third set after being up 11-8 um, was a tough pill to swallow. But some amazing things came out of that game um one i started working much closer with my current coach aaron cadu and and he's been somebody who's been able to teach me more about myself and and who i am and, and and the way i think and and who i can be than i ever thought possible so from that game came so much learning that it's really served me incredibly well in this olympic cycle so as much as i say you know that was kind of the worst day of, of beach volleyball f- for me there there's been a lot of positives that that came out of that situation and i'm, I'm very thankful for that experience and, and to be able to now you know look back on that and kind of appreciate what grant and i did because for a while it, it cast a dark shadow on on the partnership that was grant and i but as I was able to mature and move past that, and and look at what we did together as a team, you know, I think him and I both, we both grew as players together to a point where we were both able to say, you know what, we're we're pro volleyball players now. We're we're in the main draw of these big tournaments, and we're going out there, and we're we're beating big teams, and um, you know, he was a great guy to play with for for five years, and. You know, ultimately, at the end of that season, we, we parted ways, and I ended up playing with Sam. But um, that, was a, that was an incredible experience, 2016, to go through that all you know, with a guy like Grant. So, mm-hmm. But I think a, a big pivotal moment for me and the second one, um, you know, Sam and I were able to go to the Commonwealth Games, and, and that was a, a first for beach volleyball, um, with the Commonwealth Games, mm-hmm. it was the first major games we went to as a pair together and we were able to win a silver medal there. And that was kind of my first experience with like the big team, you know, at the Olympics you go and, and you play beach volleyball, but you're ultimately part of a, a larger group of people who are competing on behalf of, you know, Canada. And and that was a really unique experience. It was, it was good practice for, for what will be the Olympics. And, you know, by going there and, and as a team with our coach and, and everything, we were able to kind of test our processes and our systems at what would be a major game. So using it as fuel to uh, to get to the next one, but okay. you know, it was great to be able to come home with uh, a silver medal, you know, thing that for at least the Commonwealth countries is, is, is a pretty big deal. So now I'm just hoping I can, I can upgrade it at the next major games. Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, got Damo coming on tomorrow. So have you? Have you got a message for him? <laughs> you got Damien? Yeah. Oh my
2: gosh! Have you told him like the rules of like what he's allowed to talk
1: about and what he's not? to no, he can to talk he can about? talk about
0: whatever he wants. <laughs> it's Nathan it's Beck. <laughs>
2: those those Aussie guys, as much as when we were first on tour, and you know the Brits and and you were one of those teams, were kind of our first friends. Uh, yeah. We were all kind of in the same boat, right? We were in the qualifiers, training in Hermosa, trying to figure it out. You know, as much as we hung out with you guys, we hung out with Damien and Josh <laughs> just as much. And we were all in the same boat, staying in the Roach Motels and, and, and just trying to trying to figure it out. So I got a lot of love for Damien because we also go way back and he's he's got to be one of the funniest guys on tour. I think make sure you ask him to do his united states accent <laughs> okay. he has an amazing
0: united states accent um i make him do it all the time <laughs> in the tournament because it's, it's really funny when he imitates american <laughs> players but uh yeah you guys will have a good time tomorrow that's for sure right sampello thank you so much for for coming on freeball the volleyball podcast and good luck in absolutely everything you do mate Thanks brother, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, looking forward to catching up at the next tournament. Yeah. Okay, that was Sam Pedlo. Interesting guy, and uh, let's hope he goes well. What do you think? Do you, do you think they can go well? Do you, what do you think would be a good result for Canada at the World Champs? Um, uh,
1: they're starting out with a pretty tough pool. They were able to beat um, Spens and Samoy actually in Ostrava. So we'll see how that goes. They also have um, Hendricks and Garrison, um, which is a very competitive team. They've done well in the past few tournaments um, and a team from Chile. So we'll see how they do. I think they'll be pretty
0: successful um, with the results playing the teams in the pool. Me too. Make sure that you follow us, Freeball Podcast on Instagram. Make sure that anyone listening follows at Bounce Beach as well um we're going to hear more about bounce beach as this uh, build up to hamburg continues and also follow sam pedler he's a big influence on um instagram he's trying to grow the sport in as many ways as possible and also get buying his merch as well because his merch is his his merch is really cool his sam squared hats his own brand make sure you stay behind sam pedler um but from me and bounce for episode one of all eyes on hamburg with bounce beach we'll see you soon